0: Of a revolution. And I don't mean a revolution about eliminating carbon. I mean a revolution about eliminating communists and liberals and socialists. There's only so much the people can take. And I am telling you right now the flashpoint, if it's not been reached already, it's going to be reached very shortly. I look at the subways in New York. I look at the bar trains in San Francisco. I see bums crapping in the subway cars urinating in the subway cars, sleeping in the subway cars, and I see vermin in office who let them do this and don't let the police do their job. Instead, they turn public transportation over to the filthiest, lowest level of humanity, lower that of an animal. And then, and then, it gets worse. A single judge, a Fabian socialist, born in London, who was implanted into a court in Oakland, California, by Obama, just overrode Trump's attempts to keep the millions of illegals out from Mexico. U.S. District Judge John Teegar just ruled that an injunction, well, I won't read the details of it. What he said is, we want as many illegal aliens in this country and as many states as we can possibly get. Let me boil it down for you out there. Let's not read the legalistic garbage and jargon put out by the most twisted minds in America, those who went to law school. So he represented the ACLU, and this one court overruled even the liberal Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, which limited the impact of this radical judge's injunction to other states, limited in the other states. The judge then overrode the Ninth Circuit and said, no, 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 I'm God. And I want as many Central Americans who cross Mexico And to enter the U.S., we also want as many Africans, Asians, and South Americans to come in as we can get. Who is this stinking judge? But the real question is, and I know what I'm going to hear, I'll tell you the tweet I put out, unelected Judge Tegar, appointed by Obama, forces U.S. to accept millions of illegals, overrides Trump attempts to save U.S. from flood. Should Judge Tegar be arrested and tried for sedition? I realize that's a radical statement, but we're living in radical times. We're living in revolutionary times. This judge is a revolutionary, not a judge. I don't care if he's wearing a black robe or a pink hat. Did you elect this piece of garbage? Did you see this man's name on a ballot anywhere? Did you see Judge Tegar anywhere? Did you say, okay, I'm going to vote for him, I'm not going to vote for him? You didn't see him. This is how dictatorships emerge. Dictatorships emerge in secret. In star chambers, Obama appointed this rat. He put this rat into a court. This one rat in a black robe is now dictating U.S. immigration policy? How is this even possible? You'll say to me, well, Savage, calm down, it's the law. I don't give a damn about the law. How's that? Because he's breaking the law. We have a law that says we live in a punitive republic. You want to call it a democracy? I'll laugh at you if you want to call it that. It's a hypocrisy. When a filthy, stinking bum crapping on himself has the same vote I do. When I've killed myself since I'm five years old to pay taxes and that piece of garbage has the same vote I do. Don't tell me we're living in a democracy. We're living in a hypocrisy. And I gotta tell you something. These are radical times. They're revolutionary times. And in times like this, we need a revolutionary president. And I want Trump to be the revolutionary that I elected. They have beaten him down with lies. They have beaten him down so he had to defend himself for two and a half years so rats like this Judge Tegar can run all over him. I think it was Friday night that I tweeted something about Trump, and I rarely, if ever, do because I don't want to be wrapped up in the whole Trump show. And the tweet was really simple. And here's what it said. (laughs) If you were attacked for two and a half years, lied about, threatened with prison, your family threatened, and all the while the vermin in the media magnified the lies and the false charges, how would you behave? I got about five times the number of people on that one that I've gotten in a long time. If you were attacked for two and a half years, Mr. Liberal Scum, you, you liberal bum, you, you, you rat who went to the opera the other night in masks and stepped over the crap, you, you bums there at the opera. If you were attacked for two and a half years, if you, you filthy women with those rented dresses were lied about, threatened with prison, your family threatened, all you phonies on Pacific Heights, and all the while the vermin in the media magnified the lies about you and the false charges, how would you behave, Mrs. Opera, with your rented dress that you gave back Monday morning because you can't afford a pot to you-know-what in, you phonies you that run this area? If you were attacked for two and a half years or lied about, threatened, your children threatened, what would it do to you? What it would do is it would detract you from doing your job and prevent you from doing the job you're elected to do, which was to save America's borders, language, and culture. I hear there was a talk show host this morning talking about no one knows why Trump got elected. No one has any idea why Trump was elected. Well, you're listening to the man who knows since even the liberal Slate magazine, if it's called that, I don't even remember, said that I'm the godfather of Trumpomania. The same host who doesn't know the answer to the question laughed at the Trump voters for years straight. All the great ones laughed at Trump for a straight year called you, idiots, Trumpers, trumpets, trumpeteers. Now they lick Trump's boots. They eat the dust off his shoes day and night. You think they're fooling me? How could they be fooling you? Are you people that naive? You don't remember yesterday? I'll tell you who remembers yesterday. Donald Trump remembers yesterday. He knows why he was elected. And I'm saying this to Donald Trump. You will not be reelected again unless you become a revolutionary, not a radical. Stop going to the middle. Stop listening to Ivanka. I want you to become a flaming conservative, Mr. Trump. You want to be reelected? There's only one way to do it. And that's to make the conservatives who put you in office vote for you again. Or they're not going to go out and vote for you ever again. You have gone so far to the left they don't even recognize you. Oh, yeah, I know. And unless, unless they elect you, the RNC tells them we'll have socialism. While well, you're giving us socialism on a daily basis. Big government, big taxation. Big government, big taxation, one way or the other. A flood of illegals. And we're supposed to believe you're going to prevent socialism? Mr. Trump, listen to me carefully. I'm the man who you put your arm around at Mar-a-Lago after you were elected in December of 2016, and you boldly proclaimed, without this man, I wouldn't be president. Let me say this to you, Mr. Trump. Without this man, you won't be president. It's that close. Everybody knows it. I don't care what your internal polling tells you. I don't care what your advisors tell you. Most of them are working against you, not for you. Yesterday, these so-called advisors that the RNC sent you away were voting for uh, working for Democrats. Well, now they're voting working for you, Mr. Trump, aren't they? And if you lose, guess who they'll work for tomorrow? They'll work for Karl Marx if he paid them. Those are your closest advisors. They'd work for Karl Marx tomorrow if a dollar came in front of their nose. Let me tell you what the people who voted you voted for. Donald Trump. Borders, language, and culture, nothing else. They didn't vote because they liked your hairdo. They didn't vote because they liked your grandiosity. They didn't vote because they liked your name in lights. They voted because you were not a politician and they hoped to God you would upset the apple cart. And you'd stand up to these vermin in the media and the vermin in the political establishment. And unless you go back to your base, Eddie will not come out and vote for you ever again. Edith will not come out and vote for you again. And that hair of a nose that you won by will be the hair of a nose that you lose by. This is the savage nation. Now, you want solutions, don't you? It's easy enough to get mad at what's going on in this country. That a single Fabian socialist judge named Tegar in Oakland, California, controls their immigration policy when no one ever heard of him. Nobody ever voted for him. No one was asked, do you want millions of illegals from the depths of the jungles of Guatemala in every city in America? Nobody said to you, do you want millions of people from Central America crawling out of every crevice in America? Will you ask that? Will you give that opportunity? Is that what you want in this country? More people from the third world who we can never, ever educate, medicate, and turn into Americans? It's impossible. Don't tell me they're like my grandfather because they're not. I'm sick of hearing it. It's the biggest lie of our time. Every one of them is Einstein and Schopenhauer. That's such crap. So I have a solution to these problems, and it's a revolutionary solution. We need a revolutionary president for revolutionary times. When you have rogue judges like Judge Tegar, and you have rogue communist organizations like the ACLU, who should be arrested, every leader in ACLU, I've said it for years, I've written books about them. Who the hell ever elected these radical, perverted judges? Who elected these perverts in the ACLU to run America? Did you? Do you, do you know the, who names? what their names are? You know, who gives them the money? Who gives the ACLU their money? You think it's lo- lots of small donations? It is, but there's lots of big donations. And one of the biggest donors to the ACLU is a gangster criminal family in America, that sacked the bank. I'll give you their names if you want it shortly. We hear a lot about the Sacklers and the opioid crisis. Well, there's a similar family that made billions of dollars busting out a savings and loan in Oakland, California. They made billions of dollars. They're the single largest donor to the ACLU. They robbed you. They took your house away from you. They ran away with the money. The bank collapsed. You don't know their names, though, do you? That's how smart they are. That's how smart all of these crooks are. They're all left-wingers. Why? Why are all the biggest crooks left-wingers? Have you figured out why they're such bleeding-heart liberals? You think a family that robbed $2.5 billion by busting out a bank and seeing people's houses taken from them, do you think they care about illegal aliens? Do you think they care about the bums crapping in the subways? Why are they all such bleeding-heart liberals? Why are so many wealthy people bleeding heart liberals? It's something people can't understand. It's how they keep the mobs away from their doorstep. So the mobs throw cakes and ice and water at you. But the mobs who are stupid, that's why they're called mobs, should be outside the door of the judges in the ACLU who are decimating the lifestyle of every American. I have a lot more to say. And I can do it all in the opening and then go home for the day. People say uh, you know so much. What would you do to solve the homeless problem? You look at the pictures of the people urinating and defecating in subways and bar trains and public transport. They're making the cities unlivable. What would you do business that big shot? It's simple. It's not that complicated. You reinstitute the anti-vagrancy laws. The cops get out their nightsticks and tap them on the shoes and get them off the subways and say, get out of here, you can't sleep on the subway. And then you reopen the mental hospitals or build new ones. I don't care if we need 100 new mental hospitals. That's where the money should go, not into this carbon crap. Carbon isn't our biggest threat. Liberalism our biggest threat. The biggest threat to our survival is insane liberalism. If that's not enough of an opening for you, turn this damn show off. Savage. Hey, here's a question. How did you sleep last night? Did you spend the night tossing and turning, worrying? Now look, if you're struggling to get a good night's sleep, you've got to try a Purple mattress. The founders of Purple are two brothers who have been developing cushioning technology for 30 years on things like medical beds, wheelchairs. Well, in 2016, they finally decided to use their patented comfort technology to create Purple, the world's most scientific mattress. Now what does that mean? How is Purple different from other mattresses? Listen, the Purple mattress will probably feel different than anything you've ever experienced. Why? Because it uses the brand new material that was developed by an actual rocket scientist. It was not like the memory foam that I'm used to or you're you're used to. No, no. The Purple material feels unique because it's both firm and soft at the very same time. So it keeps everything supported while still feeling really comfortable. Plus, it's breathable. Unlike foams, it's breathable, so it sleeps cool. It ends up giving you the zero-gravity-like feel, so it works for any sleeping position. Okay, 100-night risk-free trial. You're not satisfied? You can return your mattress for a full refund. It's backed by a 10-year warranty, free shipping and returns, free at-home setup, old mattress removal. You ready? You're going to love purple. And right now, my listeners will get a free purple pillow with the purchase of a mattress. That's in addition to the great free gifts they're offering site-wide. Just text SAVAGE to 84-888. The only way to get this free pillow is to do this. You ready? Text SAVAGE to 84-888. That's S-A-V-A-G-E to eight four eight eight eight. 888 Text S-A-V-A-G-E to eight four eight eight eight. 888 S-A-V-A-G-E to eight four eight eight eight. Message and data rates may apply. God, this is so beautiful. It renders me speechless. I'm almost sorry that Robert's playing it because when I hear great music, I can't speak when I realize what the human mind is capable of compared to the filth and garbage that is foisted upon us and called entertainment. When you see the filth and garbage and talentless crap that is held up in front of our eyes and called entertainers or musicians when there's not an inch of, uh, an ounce of talent in any of them, Play it again for one minute, I mean, maybe we can get it across a little bit. Great white man composer. Great white male composer, one of the greatest in the history of the world. Go ahead, play it more. There's never been a piece of music to approach this. Nothing in Asia, nothing in Africa. Nothing from Antarctica or the Arctic. Nothing from Mars or the moon. The greatest civilization on earth is being taken apart by these sick bastards. What do these sick bastards stand for? To smash America into 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 glass? Hating our history? as though everything in our history is bad and polluted? That's the left wing? That's the Democrat Party? Pack the Supreme Court with more filth like Judge Tigar. Open the borders and let the garbage of the third world run over our cities, our towns, and our villages. And while they're here, treat them like gods and goddesses. Get on your hands and knees! Give them free health care. Give them everything that you don't have. While your grandfather rots in a VA hospital. What else do the Democrats want? The Green New Deal. What is that garbage? What is the Green New Deal but graft for the mafia in the energy business? What's a wealth tax? That's a triple tax. You've paid state, local, federal, excise taxes. You've saved money all your life. You've accrued some money. You put away a couple hundred grand or a couple of million. And these vermin want to tax your wealth as though you took it from Elizabeth Warren's own purse. You want to give reparations for the descendants of slaves over my dead body. I wouldn't give you 10 cents for reparations. I paid through the nose in reparations. I've had jobs stolen from me. I've had taxes stolen from me. I've had my safety stolen from me. Don't tell me I owe anybody anything. I am an immigrant son. I owe nobody anything. You owe me something for what you've stolen from me. You're not getting a dime out of me, Elizabeth Warren. You keep pushing this garbage. Green New Deal, wealth taxes, reparations, Medicare for all. What else? Pack the Supreme Court with as many vermin as we can get. Get rid of the Electoral College so the only votes come out of New York and uh, Los Angeles and Chicago. Open the borders to the floods from the jungles. Bring them in from the jungles. They never use toilet paper or toothbrushes, but bring them in and give them a vote. Enfranchise them and put them on welfare immediately. And then tell anyone who looks at them the wrong way they're a racist and put them in prison. We have reached the flashpoint. If I'm freaking out like this, so are
1: you. Savage. conversion
0: therapy to perversion therapy in one generation how do you like that one the guy who ran conversion therapies for years uh, trying to convert people from gay to straight admitted he was gay and it was all a lie how do you like that one how do you like that one from conversion ther- therapy to perversion th- therapy in one generation oh there are solutions to problems you got a radical judge that no one elected, named uh, Tigar, appointed by Obama, who thinks he's the president. Never ran for office. He said that to, ju- to, to America, drop dead. We want as many millions of illegals as we can from the third world, Africa, Asia, Mexico, Central America. We don't care where they're from. We want them flooding the cities all day long. All day long, we're taking it in the ch- on the chin, taking it in the face. They're laughing at us. Then they go to the opera over the weekend, San Francisco opera. Do you see the pictures of these degenerate lowlifes with the rented tuxedos and the dresses the women return Monday? Because most of them don't have a pot to you know what in. Oscar de la Yenta dresses with the tags under their arms, making sure they don't sweat too much so they can get into the newspaper and take a picture of themselves with a mask on at the mask ball. All the great cultural, culturally appropriate fools. That's who's running the city. You ask, how do they let a city go degenerate like that? How does it fall apart like this? That bums can do what they do, that you can't ride a subway, you can't walk in the street with safety. How do you let a city fall apart like this? All you have to do is look at the panel of pictures of the schmucks who were uh, photographed at the opera Friday night. You'll know the answer. It's like Groucho Marx's A Night at the Opera would be more classy than that. And that's why the cities are dying. Because you have a remote class that thinks they're elite, when most of them really are not elite. They are not elite by education, nor by finances. But they pretend they're elite because they can rent a tuxedo and go there with a mask on on Friday night. They think that they're better than the average person. The Yeti who goes to work every day and has to slog through the garbage. Listen, I'm telling you right now, I know this country is on the verge of an explosion. I can feel it. I talk to people. I don't know how much more people like myself can take and I'm relatively lucky because I have an outlet. It's called radio. I know m- men who are on the verge of exploding. They're armed to the teeth. They've given service to this nation. And they know they're going to lose this nation if they don't stand up to this. And they don't know what to do. They're waiting for a, a leader. They're waiting for a flashpoint. They don't know what to do, but they're ready to do it. How do you like that? They're waiting for a signal. They thought Trump was going to be the one to lead them in an army against this onslaught of human filth. But instead, two and a half years, they lied about Russia and Russia collusion to throw Trump off the trail and off the track that he was elected for. Trump was elected for one reason only. Borders, language, and culture. Secure our borders. Stop the flood of illegals. Stop the Muslims from flowing in. Stop Sharia law. Stop the mosques from being built everywhere. We are not a Muslim nation. Ask anyone who's lived in a nation where there is a Muslim majority what life is like for them if they're not a Muslim. That's all you got to ask. Don't go to a textbook. Don't ask a teacher. Don't ask anyone in the media. Ask anyone who's come from a Muslim-dominated nation where they're a minority, what life is like for them as a minority in a Muslim-dominated nation. Then you will know what persecution is. Then you will know what prejudice is. Then you will know what racism is. It doesn't exist in this country on an institutional level. It exists there. In those nations, Trump was elected to stop the creep of Sharia law. Again, he lost in the court last week to one of the vermin who got an ACLU lawyer. How many years have I written books about taking down the ACLU? 20 years. And you've got to ask yourself, if I know who they are, if I know what they're doing, if I know that they're the, the head of the snake, and I've called them that since the 90s, the ACLU, a bunch of psychotic left-wing judges, lawyers rather, who are funded by some of the biggest criminal organizations in America, like those who sacked out the savings alone in Oakland. I'll get specific tomorrow. I'll get their names. One of them died. The father died who did it all. The one who sacked out the bank. Your home got sucked up in 2008, taken away from you. He and his old lady went laughing all the way to the bank. They got $2.5 billion tax-free, and they gave tons of it. I think they gave $800 million to the ACLU. They Some of them are still living. Oh, Yeah. Oh, yes, some of their uh, children, grandchildren, enjoying the high life in in New York, San Francisco. You don't know who they are. They don't have water thrown at them. They don't have cake thrown at them or ice cream. No one knocks them down outside of a restaurant while a puppy is in their arms. We have to suffer the indignities of wanting to save America. Those of us who want to save the country are the targets of hate, not those who want to destroy everything this country was built upon. Everything. I have lived through an awful, lot of, uh, an awful lot of hatred in this nation. I have never, ever seen a Democrat party like this with such contempt and such pollution of reality. I've never seen revolutionaries so open in their zeal on the Democrat side. And I don't have any idea how the average American is going to vote for them. I've given you all the things that they want to do. How would anyone vote for them? Warren, Sanders, the other fools. How can you pay for these things? How can you take down the entire energy industry? How can you create an apocalypse like this? How can you say we need to retrofit every building in America? Every building must be taken apart and rebuilt. And who's going to get the contracts? Well, I happen to know of a congresswoman whose husband's a contractor. Many military contracts got her where she is. Oh, then there's a senator, too, big at the opera, whose husband's a contractor, 20 years, big contracts with the Defense Department, all sorts of contracts. They'll get the deal to retrofit the buildings. Let's see, that would cost $40 trillion over a decade. That's about, I'm sorry, uh, uh, $93 trillion over a decade. I was off on that one. That's $600,000 per household to retrofit every building in the United States to make sure that one congresswoman's husband and one senator's husband gets the contracts. And who subscribes to this mass hysteria? Sanders, Harris, Peter O'Rourke are all hysterics. All of them, they're crazy. Ban natural gas, ban fracking, phase out nuclear energy. By the way, nuclear energy supplies 20% of this nation's electricity It's the cleanest of all uh, uh, generators of uh, of power. Did you know that? Did you know that nuclear energy is the cleanest form of energy that there is? And by the way, France, eco-friendly France, derives, I think, 80% of their energy from nuclear power plants. You didn't know that either, huh? Oh, yes, some of the most advanced nations on Earth with low pollution use nuclear energy. Warren wants to eliminate nuclear power plants. What do they want you to do? Get a rickshaw and a whip? They want you to have a rickshaw and a buggy whip. They want you to become Amish. Every American should be like an Amish. Don't cut your hair because that's bad for the environment. Don't brush your teeth because halitosis is good for the environment. Don't clean your nose because that's bad for the environment. Ask Aunt, Auntie uh, Elizabeth Warren. She'll tell you whether you can clean your nose or not. Get a buggy whip and a, and a, and a rig with a horse on it. And then you'll be arrested for abusing an animal. Why don't you just have your wife pull it? Or if you're a woman, have your husband pull the rig. Just pull the rickshaw if you're the husband. That's the world that Elizabeth Warren wants. It's eco-friendly. The husband pulls the rickshaw with the wife in it. Then who's going to tell China to cut back on on, on generating with coal plants? Elizabeth Warren? Crazy, just insane. Let me take a caller or two. You know, I was going to do a couple other things today. I don't know. Sometimes like a volcano erupts in me. I don't even know sometimes what triggers it. But when I saw that this Judge Tigar just overrode the president again, you say, well, I hate Trump, I'm glad. No, listen very carefully. This son of a gun, this Tegar went beyond California and Arizona. He went into New Mexico and Texas with his madness. And he wants to make certain that as many illegals come in from as many low places on earth as possible to destroy the United States of America. Lee Gerlert, G-E-L-E-R-N-T, an attorney for the American Anti-American Civil Liberties Union, which is really the Anti-Christian Liberties Union, said this was a wonderful thing. The ACO said the court recognized there's a grave danger facing asylum seekers along the entire stretch of the southern border. No, my friend, there's a grave danger for attorneys like you who think that you're above the law. Judge Teegar orders California to pay for gender realignment surgery. That was a while ago. That's right. First of its kind ruling for the state of California, 2015. This perverted, psychotic judge said the state must pay for an inmate's gender realignment surgery because denying her that surgery violates her constitutional rights. Michelle Lael Nussworthy, born Jeffrey Bryan Nussworthy, was convicted in 87 of murder, sentenced to life in prison without parole. Decided she was transgender in jail because a lot of good racket in that. All you have to do, it's, bigger, it's bigger than claiming you have a religion now. When you say you're Jewish, you get special treatment, Muslim special treatment, Rastafarian special treatment. The bigger one that trumps them all now is, is all you have to do is say to a God, "Is you're trans. Oh, okay, that's the magic number. And you get special treatment. Now she gets special a surgery, hormone therapy while in prison, and uh, gender realignment surgery, which the state initially said no to. But Judge John S. Tigar, T-I-G-A-R, the one who just told us we need to accept millions of illegal aliens, said that denying this uh, person the surgery violated her constitutional right to receive proper medical care. Well, I don't know about you, but I read the Constitution a number of times, I even have a copy of it somewhere right on this desk. I don't see anything about transgenders in the Constitution. Do you, Robert? Can anyone show me anything in the Constitution that says a person has the right to have their male parts cut off and thrown in a garbage can or fed to the dogs outside the prison yard and turn them into a woman in a prison and you have to pay for it? Any doctor who does that surgery, by my estimation, should be arrested. I've said this before and I'll say it again. Take my microphone away if you don't like it. I'll say it again, and I'm not alone on this. The chief psychiatrist at Johns Hopkins agrees with me. Any doctor who engages in sex reassignment surgery is committing a fraud of the Hippocratic Oath, and by the way, is violating all the tenets of being a doctor. I've never seen the madness of our times getting so fast so bad, and so bad so fast, as I do right now. It seems to be escalating, doesn't it? Listeners of the Savage Nation, do you feel the escalation of the madness? Do you feel it ramping up, getting crazier and crazier and crazier? That the crazier the person, the higher up the chain they go in the left-wing media, the higher up the chain they go in the judiciary, the higher up the chain they go in the academic search, academic circles, the higher up the chain they go in the Democrat circles. Have you ever lived through an insanity like now? Well, I tried to stop it with a book called Stop Mass Hysteria, America's Insanity from the Salem Witch Trials to the Trump Witch Hunt. Unfortunately, you probably didn't read it. Shame, isn't it? Maybe you could have stopped it. Savage. So we're dealing with a revolutionary Democrat party right now, not a reforming party, as Michael Goodwin wisely noted. The Dems want revolution, not reformation. And the further to the left they are, the more noise they make, the more the mobs scream for blood. I can read all the things that these fools stand for. The only question that I have for the audience is, do you actually think that the average working American, which is the majority of American people, immigrant and non-immigrant alike, is going to vote for a party that hates the country so much? Do you think that a poor person who's working two jobs to survive Wants to hear Medicare for all, reparations for the sentence of slaves, knocking out private insurance that covers 150 million people. How about $40 trillion over a decade take care of that one? Or some cockamamie crazy garbage called the Green New Deal put out by bug eye with, with the face of a horse, horse face that came out of nowhere. Horse face the, the bug eye job comes up with a Green New Deal put in her head by the seltzer man. That would cost uh, ninety-three trillion dollars over ten years, six hundred thousand dollars per person. Six hundred thousand per, per the average person is going to vote for this for the old bum Sanders who belongs in a, in a nursing home in Boca Raton. A Boca Raton nursing home probably would put him in a straitjacket. Or that one from the college is there. Whatever her name is, I don't even know her name. Elizabeth Warren. The minute I saw her. I saw a woman that if I were casting a a film from the Third Reich, she'd be in charge of the commandant of the ladies' camp. Any other questions? I have answers.
1: The Westwood One Podcast Network. Warning. The Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture. And here he is, New York Times bestselling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. I was going to do a normal show today. And then just before the show started,
0: I saw an article that a radical judge in Oakland, California named Tegar, has decided that he is the president of the United States, actually the dictator of the United States, not even the president, and with the stroke of a filthy, dirty, rotten, polluted pen as uh, being pro- prompted by the vermin in the ACLU, he overrode the American people who want no more illegals flooding this country. I don't know anyone who wants them here, by the way, other than pressure groups who make money off them. You know, no average citizen wants them, Democrat or Republican alike. Make no mistake about it. Forget about politicians. We know why Feinstein wants them. We know why uh, Newsom wants them. We know why people in New York uh, in the high levels want them, and in Texas, because the illegals vote Democrat, and uh, that's how they climbed to the heights of power, through the illegal vote. So, therefore, they're the ones pressuring to have them. The people who run the newspapers don't need them because they don't read English. So what do they need them for? Do you ever ask yourself why? Why? Why do liberals scream that they have such need for illegal aliens? Why? We're all immigrants. That's nonsense. That's such a lie, you can't even know where to begin with it. I don't have to go through the basics of uh, Immigration 101 for you, do I? So just before the show, I see that this judge overrode Trump's attempt to stop the flood of illegals, as though he has the power to override the American people, because we elected Trump to stop the flood of illegals. We elected Trump to stop the flood of illegals. We elected Trump to save America. We elected Trump to save our borders, language, and culture. Not to flood America with more and more and more and more until America is no longer America. Until it's nothing. Not even a polyglot nation. A nation of so many different languages no one even understands anything. And that's exactly why they want them here. You flood Minneapolis with Somalis. Look what you wound up with. Remember they told us they were all coming here to work? Now we have one of them in the in, in in Congress. Take a look at her job how she's working the system. We don't know how many she's different married, how many she's married to. How much money she swindled with one and the other. How much can she hate America, a woman who was given asylum in the nation? We we said you can't bring people in from the third world, many of whom never use toilet paper or a toothbrush. I know it's embarrassing to say. Yes, my grandfather used a toothbrush and toilet paper before he came here. So did yours. But many of the people being brought in now never use toilet paper or toothbrush. Then we read that 900 came in with mumps from Central America. The sacred Central American children. Get on your hands and knees and cry about what a racist you are and apologize. Bring in more with tuberculosis and mumps. Just bring them all in. And then when on top of it all, put them in your, in your public schools and make sure little Jenny gets uh, mumps and, and TB to show what a good non-racist you are. Make sure your daughter comes home with tuberculosis and mumps so you can show it a good liberal you are. Insanity. The whole country's broken down. So I I turn the uh, news on. I see just before the show, I see this one judge said to to Trump and American people, drop dead, I want more of them here. Who gave him this power? So I asked the question, and it triggered me. It triggered me so deeply because I had it up to here. I'm drowning. I'm drowning with rage. I can't take it anymore. What is the point of going to the ballot box if a filthy, dirty judge who was born in London and appointed by Obama, who is a Fabian socialist by any estimation, can do this to our country? I want to know why Trump can't have him removed. I want to know who elected. Did you, did you elect Judge Teegar? He, did he run for the judgeship? Of course he didn't. All these stinking judges in black robes. Years ago, years ago I said the stench from the bench is making me clench. It wasn't a joke when I worked for 209. Many of you are out there in the Federal Plaza. You are with bullhorns and trucks. Truckers almost closed all the bridges coming into the Bay Area for me. Remember that one, Prop 209, when they overrode it? One rotten, stinking, filthy judge, Felton Henderson, H-E-N-D-E-R-S-O-N. He's still alive. ACLU lawyer, became a judge, and with the stroke of a pen, he said drop dead to six million Californians who said, no, 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 we don't want any more affirmative action. In appointments and state jobs he said go to hell we'll do what we want so why should we vote tell me why we should vote now they want to take away our guns not only have they nullified our vote but they want to nullify our first second third and fourth amendments as well and i'm asking myself how much more can i take when i have an outlet like this a microphone a large radio show I have outlets. I have outlets for my, for my frustrations and rage. For these scum, these filth, these left-wing rad- radical adjectives. They put us in prison. Do you understand what they actually want to do to you? Do you think that this is what they really want to do? You think that's all they want to do? If they could, they would take away your house. They would take away your children along with your guns. Take a look at their faces and listen to their rhetoric. Listen to Elizabeth Warren Or beat-faced O'Rourke. Listen to the sick hatred for America that comes out of their mouths. And they want to be president. They wouldn't just take away your right to speak and your right to bear arms. They would take away your birthright. What do you think reparations are? Reparations are taking away your birthright and giving them to people you never met. I'm an immigrant son. I never took a dime from a descendant of a slave. They took jobs from me. They took the dignity from me. I wouldn't give them 10 cents. You know, at a certain point, everyone fights. The most peaceful man on earth will fight at a certain point, whether it be in the animal kingdom or the human kingdom. At a certain point, when a man is backed into a corner, he will fight. Make no mistake about it. It could be a cheetah in the jungle. It could be a gazelle hunted by a cheetah. It could be a talk show host. It could be a doctor, a lawyer, an engineer, an architect. It could be a former marine, a current marine. It could be a cop, a former cop. Of would be cop, it could be a teenager, it could be a grown man, it could be a little man, it could be a big man. At a certain point, people will fight. We've reached that point. I'm telling you, I can feel it in my blood. Something is going on inside of me that I know is not uh, is not alone inside of me. I can tell you, we've had it. We can't take any more of it. For two and a half years, they lied about Trump with Russia collusion. And all of a sudden, overnight, they stopped and they went on to a new lie. And that filthy, dirty, degenerate scum, Nadler, I look at him and I know what he is. I'm from New York. I know what pieces of garbage are. I've seen this type of night school lawyer. I know what kind of filth he is, with the pants up to his breasts. You know who I'm talking about, that filthy ticket fixer from New York. So they persecute him for two and a half years. They can't nail him to a cross with lies. So they come up with new lies. And we're waiting for someone to go in and drag Nadler out and find some dirt in his closet. Get all the skeletons out of Nadler's closet. Go ahead. Go dig them up. See, you tell me a guy like that, as dirty as he is, you're telling me no one could dig up what he's done in the past that could indict him? I don't know where the... See, here's the problem. I do know why. And I, I put my finger on this a long... Well, a couple of months ago, I figured out what's going on. The reason Trump is not really fighting back... And he has capitulated, is because the Democrats and the media attacked him with lies for two and a half years. But the Republicans, the RNC, were in the same uh, uh, on this, in the same team on the same team as uh, those attacking Trump. They weren't on his side. They never were. They never wanted him. The RNC, the DNC, the media, and C—they are all one and the same they're known as the deep state or the establishment. They, what you call a deep state is a new phrase for the established power. So stop coming up with new phrases every day to confuse yourself. So I said to myself, who actually is behind this that Trump's been nullified on virtually every promise he made? And I realized that it was the Bush family. In my opinion, it's... You notice you haven't heard anything from any of the Bushes who hated Trump? Remember they were screaming crazy, Barbara Bo- Remember that? Remember they wanted Jeb, he was the anointed one, he was supposed to be president... And all of a sudden, Trump ripped him to shreds during the primaries, and he was never never the same. And the mother never forgave Trump for what he said about the Bush family because she considers Trump to be just a glitzy upstart from New York, some real estate swindler, and their old line, you know, old power structure Republican aristocracy, the Bushes. And you might say they are. When you look at the family, uh, I understand how dynasties work in a country. And I know what a dynastic line looks like in any nation. Don't tell me they don't exist here because they do. Whether they be the Rockefellers or the Bushes, they're a dynastic family. So if it's her turn for get another son to be president, two weren't enough. She needed three. She never forgave Trump. And as far as I can tell, if Jeb Bush were president today, it would be no different than what we have now. We'd have open borders. We'd have spending like insanity. I don't see any difference right now. It's like Jeb Bush is running the country. Oh, the rhetoric is different. It's not as polite and curtsy-like, you know, a little curtsy here and there, like, like the queen, you know, tap the rear foot and bend forward. No, none of that. Brash, loud, tweeting. You wouldn't have any of that, but it would be the same policies. Tell me the difference. If Jeb Bush were president, tell me the difference now. What would be the difference? You'd have crazy spending. You'd have illegal aliens running out of your soup. Everywhere you turn, there'd be another illegal alien popping up. Tell me what the difference would be if Jeb Bush and the Republican establishment were running the country than Trump. It wouldn't be any different. It'd just be a difference in style. So what I'm saying is that's what's happened. There's been a revolution within the Trump administration, and uh, most of his policies are that of the RNC. So I see what the judge did, and I, I just went you know berserk in hour one. In a sense, I let it all out. It was like a volcano exploded in me. They've been building up over a period of months now. And if you want to hear what happened in hour number one in segment one, which people are comment on, commenting on rather heavily and uh, in a very salutary manner, uh, it'll be on my podcast today. I don't want to replay it, and I don't want to talk about it. At the bottom of this hour, I have a very special guest for you. I saw his column the other day. His name is Michael Walsh. <laughs> amazing article, How Trump Trauma Could Hand the Democrats a Victory in 2020. He's a really smart guy. And he talks about the Clinton fatigue, and then he's talking about the Trump trauma and what could happen. And it doesn't matter to me whether the guest is a liberal or not. I don't even know. I'm not doing a, a taste. just a smart guy who's done a lot of great stuff. He won the American Book Award Prize for Fiction for his gangster novel and All the Saints, he writes for PJ Media. He's a columnist for the New York Post. ASCAP Deems Taylor Award for Distinguished Music Criticism in 1979, and he's worried about Trump's behavior. And he said there were more fed red, he was said there were more warning flags flapping around the Oval Office last week than on the Atlantic beaches of Florida. And uh, he talks about Clinton fatigue, which was uh, occasioned by an endless parade of tawdry scandals. So many, it was hard to keep track of them. Sex, money, foreign influence, and even the occasional mysterious demise or two, not to mention impeachment. Clinton fatigue, he said, took eight years to fully flower. Trump trauma, he said, has taken less than three. Less than three. In the daily tweet storms, he writes, the president has come to resemble King Lear. That was from my, I guess he and I stumbled on the same analogy last week. I guess I did two shows on King Lear, but it was in my head, uh, was in his head. Flailing at his enemies among the duplicitous Democrats, perfidious Republicans, arrogant federal judges, the ineffable St. James Comey, the bogus Russia collusion investigation, and whatever else triggers him in the wee small hours of the morning. The result, consistently mediocre approval numbers with around 45% at the high end. And we're going to talk with him today uh, at the bottom of the hour. I actually think that if Trump would have slowed down and back off on the tweeting, he would win hands down because nobody is voting for legalizing illegal aliens and erasing our borders. Nobody is voting for $40 trillion for a uh, Medicare for All plan. Nobody is voting for Bug Eye's Green New Deal plan. Nobody's voting for descendants of slaves getting reparations. Nobody's voting for wealth taxes. Nobody's voting for destroying the energy industry. The only one who can lose the election for Trump has a name that begins with T and ends with P. Savage. Where the hell is my country? You Democrat bastards, you. If it was up to me, I would arrest all of you. How do you like that? There would be no election. For what you are saying about my country, I'd put you in jail. What you are doing to this nation with your lies and your hatred for this country, your contempt for this nation, your contempt for white people, Your contempt for the Electoral College. Your contempt for capitalism. Your contempt for reason. Your your contempt for for family. Your contempt for order. I would take you out by the hair. I would arrest all of you. You're not candidates. An enemy within couldn't do more damage than Beto is doing and Warren is doing. And that bumbling, self-spitting Sanders, hateful communist, what they're doing to this nation we can never recover from. Poisoning the minds of children. Poisoning the minds of every child in America, saying America's a rotten, no-good country, and they want to be president? Do you know anybody who would vote for them? A, a country that is beautiful as this? A beacon to the entire world that everybody wants to come to? With such contempt and hatred from these vermin! Listen to this guy, Beto. I don't even know who he is. I don't know why he's running. Listen to him in clip two. Listen. We're going to legalize the presence of more than 10 million in the United States, beginning with dreamers who will never again fear deportation back to a country they do not know, because we will make them U.S. citizens in this, their true home country. Their true home country? People who broke into the country, that's their true home country? Do you realize that as near as a few years ago, if anyone spoke like that, they would be seen as an invader, an enemy? Do you understand that? No Russian has ever done more damage to America than Beto is doing. No Russian or Chinese has ever done more damage to this nation than the entire Democrat pack of vermin are doing right now. I want you to listen to the next one and listen to this psychopath, Beto, in that one. And you tell me this this is legitimate? Listen. This is a violent country that loses more than 40,000
2: of our fellow Americans every year to gun violence. And this is a country that has been defined by foundational, systemic, endemic racism. Shut up!
0: Drop dead! Arrest him for sedition. I have never heard candidates defaming a nation and hoping to be elected by citizens, which tells you who he is appealing to. None. Citizens who hate America. A pox upon all of them. Savage. Okay, we now move to the segment of the show that I like best, when we have someone as literate and as articulate as we have now. Michael Walsh is with us, and he says, Trump trauma can hand the Democrats a victory in 2020. I'll let him speak. I'm not going to paraphrase what he wrote, because the writing is great, because the man is a writer, screenwriter, whose work includes six novels, nine works of nonfiction, a hit Disney movie. But more interesting to me, he's a former classical music critic, and foreign, foreign correspondent for Time magazine, which is amazing to me. And uh, there's no litmus test on this show. The only litmus test is articulateness, and I think uh, you're going to love the guest, Michael Walsh, right now on how Trump trauma can hand the Democrats a victory in 2020. Mr. Walsh, welcome to the Savage Nation, a true honor.
2: Thank you, sir. Appreciate it.
0: So you said that Clinton fatigue took eight years to fully flower, but Trump trauma has taken less than three. And, of course, you quote the uh, resemblance to King Lear, which I did two shows on last week, because we, we both like our Shakespeare at some point. And in the last hour, Mr. Walsh, I said that the only person who can stop Trump from being elected is a man whose name begins with T and ends with P. What do you think is going to go on here?
2: Well, I think you're, you're right, Michael, about that. Uh, the president uh, is his own best friend and his own worst enemy at times. And I wrote this piece for the New York Post, which appeared in yesterday's newspaper, uh, to really send up a warning flare that uh, certain portions of his base, which he absolutely needs in order to win re-election, as you know, are just wearying uh, of the constant tennis game between him and the media, uh, him and his enemies, him, him and just about the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. Not that they're opposed to his policies, but uh, I think if this play were conducted offstage uh, rather than onstage 24 hours a day, he would be better served. And that's the point I was trying to make.
0: No, I know that. I understand it now. Many people probably misinterpret what you're saying, as they will in this country. They'll misinterpret anything that you say about anything. And uh, they call you an anti-Trumper, a never-Trumper, if you say one word, of criticism. But I myself know for a fact from my own audience that the people who I motivated for a year straight to go vote for Trump, who hadn't voted in previous elections, they're not going to come out again if this keeps up, especially if he continues to go to the left on so many big issues that matter near and dear to them on the other hand though look what we have on the other side mr walsh have you ever seen and i'm not giving you a litmus test i don't even know how you vote nor do i care i have never seen a party that is so filled with insanity as i do with the democrats today and i come from a family of immigrants and democrats this is insane what they're calling for
2: uh it's a point that I, i did make later on in this piece michael uh about you know the various lunatics and geriatric nutcases that the Democrats are <laughs> but I'd like to say you're absolutely right about the the uh, the, the appropriation that I've received for this piece by people who call me a never-Trumper <clears throat> and I like to remind them that in the pages of the New York Post the week before the election the Post asked me did Trump have a path to 270 to win the presidency and I wrote a big piece the Sunday before the election showing exactly how he was going to win the presidency so I think my non-never-Trump credentials. Credentials are perfectly in order here.
0: But Mr. Walsh, here's the problem. We've reached the point where the true believers outnumber those who have any capacity for reason. I've seen it in my own show. I know that I backed them for a year straight. Trump put his arm around me at Mar-a-Lago in December of that year and said, without this man, I wouldn't be president. I've been in the White House twice. However, what I see going on now, I feel it's my obligation to point out some problems here. And every time I do, they call me every name under the sun. The audience turns to the, the people who pound the Bibles and say that he's our God, he is our salvation, and I don't believe in worshiping a man. So I'm, I'm facing the same myself, but I continue to say that we need to be loyal to the man, meaning it's not the man, it's his ideas that I voted for. It was borders language culture. It was not Donald Trump per se. I don't know the man personally, nor do I care about a man personally in that sense. I care about what he stands for. And unless they can understand that, I don't think they can understand anything. But let me go back to you as a, as a writer. Sure. You won the ASCAP Deems Taylor Award for Distinguished Music Criticism in 79, but then you win the American Book Awards Prize for Fiction for your gangster novel, And All the Saints in 04. I'm a gangster fan guy. Uh, what is that book about? Can I ask? I know it's in the middle of all this other stuff.
2: Oh, no, I'm always happy to talk about that. It's one of my favorite books. It's, it's called in All the Saints, and it is the... First-person autobiography of the great Irish gangster, Oni Madden, who oh. founded the Cotton Club and was Mae West's lover and uh, hired Duke Ellington, and I, it just uh, he was an amazing... i, I got to get
0: a copy of that. I know I'm going to pay a fortune for a used copy and hardcover.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I want
0: to ask you something. As a film writer, screenwriter, six novels, nine works in nonfiction, a hit Disney movie, have you seen the Netflix uh, drama The Spy? With uh, I have not, no. Oh, I, I, I hated it. I can tell you the truth. I gave it a scathing write-up on my Twitter feed. I can't believe what a con that is. Everyone's afraid of uh, saying one word negative about Netflix right now, and I wouldn't drag you into my particular uh, orientation here because I don't really care about him. I'm not a screenwriter. You probably can't say anything anyway. It's awful, just awful. But nevertheless, I won't drag you into that. How can Trump, how can Trump save himself?
2: Well, I just think by, by leading rather than talking. Uh, I, we all like almost all of his policy initiatives, the ones that we don't, uh, we speak up about. And, and by the way, Michael, I, I spoke with a friend of my uh, friend of mine in the White House last night about this column after it appeared, and he said, no, we, you know, he has to hear these things. We, we uh, You know, you'd you rather hear it from your friends than your enemies. So if there's a problem, now is the time to correct it, and I think... The president would be very well served. He could tweet all he wants, but, you know, like this ridiculous thing about the Alabama weather. Mm. Park, oh, God. How long is that going to go? Have you ever seen anything?
0: Dumb? No. No, the choppy gate thing is a sign of something really wrong. I'm sorry.
2: Yeah. So just let that go. Um, c- continue to do what well, he, he
0: doesn't can- listen to anybody, Mr. Walsh, does he? Look, on, on, on September 7th, I tweeted, I think Friday night, if you were attacked for two and a half years, lied about threatened with prison, your family threatened, and all the while... Uh, the vermin in the media magnify the lies and the false charges. How would you behave? I almost think that they made him half crazy from it. Well, who wouldn't be? Let's- That's what I'm saying. I couldn't take it. Yeah, I know. Uh, but- I over the years when I saw this happening, my wife and I we talked about it. She said I would have resigned if I were him. I couldn't take it. That's what they wanted him to do.
2: They did, yeah. And and I think he's some of his faith and you know his 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 his, his uh, instinct to. Uh, Go to his own family for the for the closest political advice is not necessarily the perhaps the wisest. Of no, yeah, you can be as delicate as you want about it. I think it's a bad idea. Well, uh, if you it, put it less delicately. Then it's it's as if King Lear trusted Cordelia, but, but <laughs> I, I knew you were going
0: to say Cordelia.
2: To be Reagan and Goneril all wrapped up in one. So uh, he's got a problem. You inside the White House, uh, when you're talking to people. They refer to the Democrats, and by the Democrats they mean Jared and Ivanka. That—that that is the nickname for the mm. president's daughter and son-in-law uh, inside the White House. So uh, they tend to pull him to the left, and I think not always in good ways. In some ways, good, but m- mostly not. So I think he needs to just ex- expand his uh, circle, pick better advisors. For one thing, he—he he had certainly a lot of bad ones the first two years, and just. Follow his own North Star. I mean, he's got good instincts, and I think he, 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 the people will follow if he leads. But he can't just boss them. So that was another point I made in this piece. Well, you know,
0: Reagan had the kitchen cabinet, didn't he? Trump doesn't seem to have a broad kitchen cabinet, does he?
2: No, I, I don't think he does, no. I think he trusts his sons and his daughter, and, the, and, and that's pretty much it.
0: Well, we know what an insular view can lead to, and in fact, everyone knows in the corporate world, Uh, Anyone in business will tell you they'd rather not work for a a family business. They want to work for a corporation because family businesses, no matter how big they get, are still run like a mom-and-pop store if a family is running it. That's a well-known fact in business, and people understand they're they're very hard to work for. And I think it's the same here with an administration that doesn't reach outside of its own family.
2: Yeah, I think the Kennedy administration taught us this as well. Obviously, uh, Jack appointed his brother-in-law as attorney general, and gave Bobby pretty much a a free hand to go after Martin Luther King. And, you know, a lot of the people forget that it was the Democrats that were bugging uh, uh, Dr. King and, uh, you know, uh, uh, trying to keep the blacks basically down in the South. So uh, insular uh, insular cabinets are are not good for anybody.
0: Okay, Michael Walsh, guest on the show right now, talking about Trump trauma could hand the Democrats a victory in 2020, which leads us to a quick discussion of the insane policies being uh, put out by these fools, abolish the Electoral College, pack the Supreme Court, open the borders, erase the borders, health care to illegal immigrants, Medicare for all, uh, the Green New Deal, meaning uh, uh, eliminate all uh, windows in the country and redo them all. Crazy. uh, Eliminate nuclear energy when it supplies 20% of our country's electricity in a clean manner. $93 $93 trillion over a decade in order to uh, re- retrofit every building in the United States. Who would vote for this?
2: Uh, I don't know. I, I really think nobody would vote for it. I think it depends on who impersonates the the values and, and somehow hides the program. So... That's why I don't think Biden will be even come close to getting the nomination. He's he's too old and too... Okay. Uh, uh, Warren is a very unlikely and unlovable figure. She's
0: unlikely, and she... You know, as a screenwriter, and I said this, and I'm not asking you to comment, if I were writing a screenplay or casting a, a movie, uh, and I'm very... <laughs> I do this in my head anyway. I've written three novels, and they were bestsellers, but I never wrote a screenplay. If I were casting the commandant of the woman's camp in Auschwitz, it would be her. <laughs> I know you... I know you can't come, but she has that look of that mean, mean, meanness about her. She's unelectable. Beto is totally crazy. Which one of them is at all electable?
2: Uh, Tulsi Gabbard. The yes, only
0: they, one is. They, I said the same thing, but they knocked her out right away, didn't they?
2: Yeah, because she filleted Kamala Harris like a fish on, on stage the last time. So she's doing some time in the penalty box. I think <laughs> also is recognized in the White House uh re-election circles, is that she would pose a very, very formidable opponent to him because she's the exact antithesis of him. Yes. And
0: yet, I like Tulsi, even though she's rather leftist. She has the right background. She did serve in the military. She's a very good-looking woman. Yes. She's got the ethnicity to appeal to a multifaceted population, and she's super articulate and very appealing. And that's, of course, why the Democrats got rid of her, because they knew that she would easily trump the rest of them.
2: Yeah, that that's actually the truth. So I, I think she would be the the, the most potent candidate against him. I think she would negate a lot of his strengths. He he wouldn't look uh, funny making fun of her, bullying her. He would just look like a bully. Oh, whereas with Hillary, you know, everyone couldn't wait to have him punch her again because that was yes. The,
0: that's interesting. So why did the Democrats commit suicide by dumping t- Tulsi? What they the anointed one was was uh, th- uh, this one from from San Francisco, yes. Willie we're Brown's we're, old friend.
2: She's, she's been their, the female Barack Obama in their eyes for the last year or so. Uh, but
0: she's not that smart. You know, I've said many times about her. If you watch her and you listen to her speak, and I've watched her for years in the Bay Area, I say this woman, if you gave her a compass, she couldn't find true north.
2: <laughs> I can't testify to whether she's smart or not, <laughs> but as a part-time Californian, I can testify. She's, she's quite formidable and quite mean, and I, I don't think she's oh pretty Well, pretty
0: that, that works for the Democrats. No, really, why would they get rid of her? Just because of the party politics? Is that it? Not because they were even thinking about survival?
2: Well, I think she hasn't, you know, she hasn't caught fire because the media hasn't, you know, the media fell in love with Mayor Pete, so they they don't have time for Tulsi Gabbard. What is
0: Mayor Pete's claim to fame other than the fact that he's uh, gay? I'm sorry, I'm not putting that down, but why is that the single biggest calling card of a candidate?
2: Well, we're in identity politics, so he checks the box, he checks that particular box, and Harris checks an interracial box, Ah, and, you know, uh, Warren checks the uh, Grandma Socialist box, and (laughs) Bernie checks the Zenovius box.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Bernie checks the Crazy Seltzer Man box. I get it. Well, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. I love your articles. I invite everyone listening to the show to look for Michael Walsh's articles in the New York Post, but you also write for PJ Media. Uh, Where else are your articles appearing?
2: Well, I'm pretty much not blogging at the moment. I'm finishing a brand-new book this week, in fact, which will be out a year from now. It's, uh, I, I can't discuss it too much, but it's a big book on military history uh, that I wow. think my audience will enjoy greatly. So I'm, I've, I've gone into the writer's cocoon for the last four or five months to get this done. Oh, my God. I'm
0: lucky that we got you on the show for ten minutes, as we did. I'm going to read All the Saints, if I can still find the copy of your gangster novel because it's one of the uh, areas that I'm very, very fascinated by. And by the way, there's a a movie about that area, that era of the Irish gangsters. Isn't there quite a few of
2: them? There is. In fact, I sold this book to uh, MGM Studios, so it, it, it never got made in part because MGM is basically no longer with us. But it was my first sale in Hollywood, and someday that script may get made, and I'll be very happy when that day comes.
0: Well, I look forward to reading your next book. Michael Walsh, his columns are great, but the main topic that we talked about today is how Trump trauma could hand the Democrats a victory in 2020. Mr. Trump, if you get this message, we're your friends, not your enemies. I'll be right back.
1: Savage.
2: We cannot continue to have a president who is a racist, a sexist, Here we go. a homophobe, Here we go a xenophobe, and a religious bigot. That is not what America is about. Together, we will make Donald Trump a one-term president.
0: Have you ever lived through a time like this in in America? Ever? I've lived through the 60s. I lived through the Vietnam War protest. I have never in my life thought that they would come. That a man as low as this, an open communist his entire life, a bum, a mook, a freak show of the worst kind, the type who slept on his brother in law's couch, this bum, the seltzer man, a man who never held a job in his life, a man who bamboozled clean living Vermonters. Vermonters into electing this, uh, this refugee from the Upper West Side of New York in Vermont, became a mayor. Then the next thing you know, he's a senator. Now this, this lowlife, this racist... Lo- you know, he's a racist by all definitions. Bernie Sanders is probably the most racist of all the candidates. He has a hatred for the white male that seeps out of his pores. It's not xenophobia that he has. It's a Christophobia that Bernie Sanders has. A fear of the white Christian male that has so poisoned him and traumatized him that the hatred perverts his actual thought process where he thinks by repeating the big lie often enough he will pull a Goebbels on the American people. He is unelectable. Which one of the Democrats do you think could ever win? None. The answer is zero. There's not a single policy they stand for that the mainstream working American would ever vote for. If you want to catch my great opening today, my... uh, podcast can be heard right after the show on any podcast site in America.
1: Thanks for listening. The Westwood One Podcast Network.